live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. Hey Kelly. Hey, how are you? How's ya? it going? It's good. It, it's good. It's good. It's you know what? My husband just observed yesterday. It's it sucks here in PA. Like it does? this like this t- like this time of year the weather always sucks. Ooh. And it's starting to bring me down a little bit. You're getting that winter syndrome. I am. Do you have that? No. Do you know anybody that has that? Well, you know, a few people, but not me here in Arizona. Sad? You don't have sad in Arizona? <laughs> well, we do, but not the winter sad. It's like right now it's 57 and beautiful. And it's going to get up. Sad. It's going to get up to 73 <laughs> today. At 3 p.m. it will be 73 degrees. Wow. And and see, here's me having to consider whether or not I have to go to the airport tonight for my 7.30 flight tomorrow because oh. uh, it's supposed to be freezing rain and sleet and snow and hail and brimstone and mm. fire and frogs and I don't know. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that we have here this time of year. And then we try to decorate for Christmas and make everything cheery, happy. Yeah. And so I try. I try. We just went to uh, we just went to New York. Ooh, with the fam to look at the windows. Yeah, how were they? They were neat. How far is New York from you? About two hours. Oh, do you By, drive or do you take the no, train? No, take or? the Bieber bus, ma'am. Oh, okay. We take the Bieber bus. Everybody yeah. knows the Bieber bus. Yeah, I don't know all of them. Is Justin on there? No, I I oh. come under it. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a Bieber fan, but yeah, I don't know all about that taking the train and taking the bus and going into the city. I don't know about all that stuff. I don't mind it because we take we the bus depot, the bus terminal, whatever you want to call it, is like 20 minutes from our house in this cute little quaint little town. Mm-hmm. We board our bus, and two hours later we wake up, and we're in the Port Authority bus terminal, and we get out and we just go to our hotel and it's nice it's easy you know they run buses every half hour so like yeah if you want to stay and have dinner then you just catch a bus a half an hour later it's pretty cool i like it yeah i'm not saying i i don't i don't like it i'm just saying i don't i'm not familiar with it oh if you're not used to it or you're a germaphobe not the best plan yeah yeah we have kind of gross we have the light rail here that we can take, like, into Phoenix for a basketball game, football game, you know, that type of thing. Or just to go down there, go to the theater. And that's kind of cool. You just park your car and get on the uh, light rail, they sit, they call it. And it just I takes like us that. In there. Yeah. 
You know, people don't do that kind of stuff with their kids enough anymore. I know. I know. They really don't. Yeah. Like you used to take your kids to a ball game or a, th- or a show or whatever. People don't do stuff like that with their kids anymore. And then we wonder why kids are socially sucking. Yeah. I hear you. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I didn't see. What? Um, I didn't see the hordes of horrible children that everybody talks about these oh. days. Didn't see it. You know what? I was in FAO Schwartz, for okay. shit's sake. And <laughs> where you would think there would be a meltdown a second. Mm-hmm. No. Do you know who were the worst behaved people in the entire store? The moms? No. Not at all. Nay, nay. Wait, wait. The cashiers. Uh, well, they were sort of uneducated about their products. You Aww. know, being, being an educational, nonviolent toy lady... Um, I'm, I'm pretty into the developmental ages and stages of kids and the toys that they should be playing with at those different ages and stages Mm -hmm. really was not impressed with the, uh, with the employees knowledge of their product lines, particularly in the brain, brain workout section, you know, um, but here's the thing. The worst behaved people were the older gentlemen with their one ear on a cell phone and the other ear with their, um, what you call it, with their Bluetooth, talking loudly, arguing with people, not paying attention to the stroller that they were pushing into my ankles that I really, really literally wanted to turn around and punch somebody. Those were the worst behaved people in the whole store. The kids... If the kids were acting up, it's because their parents were ignoring them. Right. And it made me realize something. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm starting to realize that it's not the kids being spoiled and um, entitled and all of this other stuff that they're acting up. It's because so many people have so many adults in there that are supposed to be caring for these kids have their faces smashed into a screen or their attention on something else like a phone conversation or their friend or the TV, you know, the game, whatever it is, they're not paying attention to the kids. And so the kids are vying for their attention. And that's why we're getting craziness. Completely agree. My my stepdaughter is 24 and she has two kids and they were living with us for a year and a half and they are two, they were two and um, about eight months, the other one was eight months and she would, she would think that she's watching them if she's sitting on the couch on her phone and the kids are playing but I always thought all they're seeing is the top of your head, they're seeing if you parted your hair in the middle or on the side. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty sad. That is pretty sad. And you know what? It brings up a pretty interesting um, in the news topic, too, because one of the big viral photographs that's going around on social media right now is it's, it's titled Just Being a Dad. And mm-hmm. it's the dad playing the video game. He has the video game controller in his hands and he has his feet up on the coffee table and his one little girl is painting, painting his toes yeah. And the other little girl is squished up next to him holding a closed book. 
and dad's playing a video game. And so many of the parents are like, oh, it's cute. He's just being a dad. No, actually, it sucks. He's just being a douche. He's not paying attention to those kids at all. He's paying attention to the video game. Oh, yeah. You know? So, and it's the epitome of, you know, the the whole thing that people are saying, you know? Yes, I know. It's about not paying attention. These kids are acting out, acting crazy, whatever. It's because we're not paying attention to them. And then you post pictures like that online and you get all those people backing you up because they're not paying attention to their kids either and it makes them feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they think it's cute. Oh, look, Daddy's letting her paint his toenails. Or... That's so that she's quiet and right. he doesn't have to pay attention to her. You know, if he was really interacting, they'd be painting each other's toenails. Now, that would be a cute picture. Yes. Them facing each other, painting each other's toenails with their hair and curlers. That would be a cute picture. <laughs> but, you know, I'm sorry. I don't find it. I don't find it adorable for dad to be sitting on his butt, you know, playing a video game while he's supposed to be taking care of his baby girls. Not not seeing the cuteness. No. So... Here's a parent who just doesn't get it also. Holly Berry. Holly Berry. Yeah, what's she up to? Suing her ex for psychological damage that he did to their daughter when he allowed her to straighten her hair when he had her. What? Yeah. So now Holly Berry, who... I'm sorry, always has straight freaking hair in every picture I've ever seen of her. Right. Her is suing the the ex because he has the little girl, I guess they have shared custody and he has her for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. And when he had her, she said that she wanted to get her hair, she wanted to see what her hair would look like straight, like her daddy's. Right. So he allowed, I guess, his girl, his squeeze, whatever, to straighten the little girl's hair. And Halle Berry said that he proved to her that she is not acceptable as an African-American child with her African-American hair. And so he straightened her to make her more acceptable to himself. She's Um, reaching. Reaching? Holy (laughs) crap. Um, uh, the only person that is causing psychological damage to that child, Hallie, is you. Right. Because you're telling her that story. You're making that her truth. And mm. don't we do that far too much, Kelly? Yes. You mm-hmm. know, I have dear friends who are UAB fans. And I know that there's bad things going on with UAB right now, shutting down their football program. They're also shutting down the archery and the bowling programs. You know what I mean? Uh Um, But shutting down their football program because the school can't afford it. And, you know, people are protesting and people are up in arms. And I get it. That's your alma mater. You know, you put a lot of devotion and passion and time and energy into those programs and you're proud of them. And we get it. But here's the thing. Don't take your three-year-old daughter to that protest and have her hold up a sign that says, fire this man, fire that person. Don't put those stories into your kids' heads and then question why people protest so violently when their opportunity comes up for something that they're passionate about. Hmm. 
we wonder what makes these people in Ferguson and St. Louis and Chicago and Washington, D.C. and all and New York City, what makes them protest in the ways that they do? The fact that you told them that that's what they should do. Parents. Right. It's called modeling. It's called freaking modeling. So now we're all pissed off at these protesters because they're making our lives uncomfortable. Hey, I'm in the camp. I'm in that camp. We had to rethink our trip to New York several times because my kids were scared. Oh. You know, they saw the video. They saw the, the, the stuff on the news. We don't watch the news with our kids. Um, we talk about the news with our kids, which one of our guests said last week, which was wonderful. Um, but you see glimpses of things. You know, you see teasers and you see trailers for what's coming up. And they saw the protesters in New York and they saw how violent they were getting. And they were like, is this going to be like Ferguson? Like, are we going to go there and be walking down the street and somebody's going to attack us and beat us up? And, you know, my kids were genuinely scared because they didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> they then one of the teachers so we get we're we're pissed at these people because they're making our lives uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. they're you know they're passionate about what they're saying and we don't agree with the way they're doing it Mm -hmm. and then a teacher a guidance counselor of all people a guidance counselor from pennsylvania puts on facebook because of the philadelphia eagles game there was there they were staging a die-in at the philadelphia eagles game shutting down traffic and all this stuff Mm. so the guidance counselor in passionate defense of her young child said If these protesters prevent my kids from seeing this Eagles game, I'll shoot them myself (sighs) on Facebook. Now she doesn't have a job right now. Oh, my. People. We can't. Go ahead, Kelly. Do people not think? They don't. They do. They do think. They just don't think it through. Hmm. You know, they think and then they react. They think and then they just say. And I have to really, I, you know, I consider it my responsibility to really think about the things that I post on social media. Right. Because I have a voice in social media and, you know, I ha- and I have a voice here on the radio. And it, I really have to consider the things that come out of my mouth, not censor myself, But just realize that what I'm saying isn't going to align with every single person. And it could what I say cause more damage than what's already been done. That's the important part. Right. Right. Uh, You know, it's the the, that whole the whole um, argument over the article, you know, the the feminism article that I wrote. Do you know that that shit's still going on, Kelly? Oh my gosh, yes, and I just saw it again on Facebook. It's insane. (laughs) (laughs) From somebody, yeah, from somebody that that said, oh, somebody finally said it right. Did you know that person? I didn't know that person, and that's the funny thing about having, you know, 1.2 million shares um, of, of something that you've written is you don't know who's sharing it and what they're saying about it and you can't, and it's impossible. Yeah. But what you do see are the people who write rebuttals Mm -hmm. and you know what I'm seeing about all the rebuttals, Kelly, my article was generic. It was about how I'm choosing to raise my sons and my opinions on certain, um, 
movements and messages that are being sent to my kids and how they're receiving them and how we're receiving them and what we're doing about it, right? Right. The rebuttals are directly attacking me and my kids and my parenting. Hmm. The latest woman called herself the mayor of Judgmentville. Oh, gosh. And she's going to judge the hell out of me because she should. (laughs) I guess she should. Whatever. Here's the thing. If you are being uglier in your argument against the ugliness of something that you believe in than the person who wrote the original article, then you're pretty much making the other person's point for them. Mm-hmm. When you have videos of people giving me the finger over my article and you're writing in all caps and, and saying that I suck as a parent and using homosexuality as a punishment against my kids, you're really proving my whole point about what this whole feminist thing has become. I don't need to look it up. I know what the definition used to be and what is coming at me is just more justification for what I said. So I'm going to write another article. Okay. I had to have a conversation with my kids about um, how to handle um, intimate situations with girlfriends. Okay. And uh, I'm going to have to write a whole article about that because the sex talk isn't what it used to be. No. The sex talk when you're having it with boys today involves things like don't ever advance on a girl no matter what even if she asks you to because of this whole um revoke revoking of consent thing that's going around now and and all kinds of other stuff so (sighs) we need to change the way we're reacting on social media to stuff people because we're just making the world a lot uglier for our kids and we're we're doing it in the name of making the world a better place and we're failing so yeah so i have some really awesome guests uh milt and mia are going to be on after this break and how appropriate that we're talking about their uh, podcast get over yourself (laughs) (laughs) the Milton Mia show. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to them because they're a boatload of fun and they make a whole lot of sense. And they talk about everything from relationships to sexuality and general life problems and all of that, which is kind of the same stuff that we talk about in parenting and uh, kind of in the same way that we do it. So I'm excited to talk to them when we come back from this break. It takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children ages 24 to 18 who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? 
Plus, she'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mobby to Mogul radio show, empowering women to build a successful business, invites you to join her on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the ripe age of five, she was already interpreting information in documents and instructions on forms for her immigrant parents. Now, through her experience and those of her guests, she provides you with valuable steps to empower you to reach financial independence. Martha A. Sanchez is a registered nurse with a Bachelor in Nursing and Master's of Business administration. She's a business coach, speaker, author, and CEO of Moss International, LLC. Her diverse work experience brings you expertise in areas essential to customer service, social media, and budgeting. The Mommy to Mogul radio show furthers her personal mission of empowering women to help them build successful businesses so they can reach financial independence. Join Martha Sanchez, the host of the Mommy to Mogul radio show, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am really excited to uh, be joined by my first guests today, Milt and Mia. And uh, as I said before the break, they have a podcast called Get Over Yourself, The Milt and Mia Show. And I absolutely love that because they talk about um, just dealing with your stuff, but not in a... um, doctory psychological kind of brainiac way because I think that we've complicated relationships and so you know resolving them shouldn't be more complicated of a process <laughs> than what we started with so um, Milt and Mia hi are you there hi we are here and good morning dear good morning. how are you doing really good excited to be here awesome so I don't know if you were listening before the break um but I have – one of the things that you guys talk about is um, relationships, sexual relationships, and and how we deal with them differently today than we did 10 years ago even. And I'm, I'm in a situation right now. I have a 16-year-old, and he's going to start driving soon. And I have to realize that there are going to be things that happen in that car and away from home that I can no longer control. So we've had to start having those conversations and they're completely different, completely different than the conversations that I had when I was a teenager with my parents. And my parents were pretty open, honest people. They were kind of hippies. So they told me everything. And my stepmom's a nurse. So she told me more than I should have known. (laughs) I love her. (laughs) Um, And still, you know, that's one of the big concerns that you guys talk about. And how do you see this this whole sexual relationships thing evolving? Well, it's hard to say where it's going to evolve, but you're, you're absolutely correct that there's been some amazing changes. Uh, you know, since the Internet revolution, we're dealing with an all-new can of worms here. The, uh, the amount of information that 
that in one sense isn't good for you is so readily accessible. In fact, it's coming at you so much that unless you're, you and your kids are grounded, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get overwhelmed with temptations and distractions. And I think this is one of the, one of the, the essential issues that, that not only parents but kids are facing right now. Um, it's hard to know where we're going to go with this. This has never been done on the planet before. Uh, we've never had an Internet access, so it's, all, it's an all-new monkey. But um, I, I am quite confident that... Once we get used to this animal, once we get a handle on it, once we've, once people have experienced some of the problems, we're going to find solutions to it. We're going to find the right uh, advice channels to give our kids. Right now, I think the tendency of a lot of people, a lot of parents, is to overprotect, to mm-hmm. hover about them. You've heard the term the helicopter parent, of course, and I think, I mean, that's quite understandable. Um, but I think that's uh, it's going overboard. It's that that is not the right approach. Um, me and I have, have, you know, you had hippie parents. Um, we're kind of hippies in one sense as well, as we uh, we put a lot of trust and faith in our kids from the very point of their birth, and allowed them to roam, you know, relatively free with a with a with a leash on them, a loose leash that we had to pull every once in a while. But uh, I've seen other parents who take the opposite approach, and that is they try to shield their kids from reality. And that just doesn't work. Do you think we're complicating the the heck out of it? Yes. Many people complicate beyond what should be complicated, and I think you have the right approach. Talking to your kids is one of the most important things. Because if you don't have trust in relationship, they're going to try whatever they want to try. And a lot of times, kids will go against their parents. So you know they're going to be having sex. I mean, we hear from our son, you know, what they are doing today, and we go, really? We cannot believe it. <laughs> and the girls are coming after the boys now. Mm-hmm. We, it, it didn't happen as much before. So the best thing to do is exactly what you did, you know, have a conversation with your son and show that you have trust and allow things to happen. And I'm a nurse myself, and I believe in prevention make sure he has the condoms you know how can we stop people from not having sex because they will have sex is the temptation it's everywhere and now they're experiencing women with different age we hear about our cougars a lot mm-hmm. of older women want to try the younger guys and vice versa right the younger girls trying older men that always happened in history but now it's more open than ever so instead of being making a big can of worms like milt said we got to simplify things, but have a trust. Because when you have a trust in the relationship between a mother, son, father, sister, brother, it's much easier to talk and allow things to happen. But it's inevitable that things will happen that way because sex is a temptation and people have to have experience to learn. But the experience should be something good. And that's what we are heading, you know, trying to start in a good way. When you are having sex mm. and don't rely on the internet so much. I love that. That's really great advice. Thank you. 
Well, you know, so, if I can jump on that for a sec, you know, I mentioned it, Mia mentioned it, but I think it needs to be, you know, pounded in, and that is to put trust in your kids. Because when you're a helicopter parent, what are you telling the kids? I don't trust you. I have no faith that you're going to handle the conditions that you're going to deal with. And, and that's the wrong message to send to kids. People need to be empowered. They need to understand that they can deal with reality with any circumstances that come upon them. That's what we try to do in our books. Like we, you, you introduced us by saying that we simplify things. Yeah, that's the whole, my view. We need to decomplicate so many situations. And part of that decomplication process is imbuing trust in one another. Uh, I just think that, that we're doing a great disservice to our kids to hover over them and to uh, effectively put a blanket of fear upon everything. You know as well as I do, Tara, that fear is the enemy. Uh, when, and when you pump up fear, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're closing down possibility. You're telling your, your lover, your partner, or your children that I don't trust you and I don't trust myself. Well, that's, that's, that's no good. And, and that, that, in my view, is, is poor parenting. And relationships so are very many... important for people to have. That's how you learn to deal in the words. So right. the first sexual experience or just dealing with girls and disappointment or having a great time, it's all part of life. And that should start early on in life when they are ready to it. Because the moment you learn, you are prepared for the world. But we cannot protect our kids forever, put them in a glass world. Because if it starts too late, they are immature and they don't deal well. We always hear about those guys that are virgin and they are 30 and then they have problems for the rest of their lives or they have sexual problems because on the right time they never did it. And if you look through history, women start really early. Now we talk about teenagers, mothers, but go through history and go back. Woman used to be a mother at age 15, 16. Now we don't do it anymore and we say, you know, it's just teenager mothers, but through history that's when women really start. So the We look at it negatively now. Like now, if you see a 15 or 16 year old, if she's not Amish, then there's something really, really wrong there. And so we do, I think we do parent, I think we parent out of fear in a way that we never have before because we don't understand all of the technology that our kids are using and all of the new, um, the new terminologies that our kids are using. But I mean, don't you think the parents have done that forever though? Like, has, hasn't every generation said, oh, my gosh, this generation of kids is going to kill me? Like, I, I can't even take it. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, as a student of history and a student of Western civilization, I can really only speak about what's come out of our experience. But, uh, no, I think it's been uh, a product of, um, of the industrial period, certainly. The last hundred years we've seen a real change because, uh, for the most part, we are no longer living on farms and our children are no longer working for us. In, it, when, that was, when that was the norm, you let your kid go. You say, okay, it's 6 in the morning, you're up, get out there in the field and go do what you got to do. Or or whatever task was required of you. You were, you were given a lot more trust and faith that you could accomplish certain tasks and that you could manage certain things than we do now. Also, what is critical in my view, uh, Tara, is the fact that we no longer have our, uh, our relatives, and especially our older relatives, living with us or near us. 
And that essential connection meant that you could, with any kind of problem you faced, you could go to your uncle or the wise old aunt, and it was normal to share your, your, your problems, your issues, your questions with them, and they would respond with their experiences. And so a lot of the growing up process was done with the family involved, not living your life, but they're watching over you. Today, you're ejected into the world and expected to just make it. And so the idea that, that we... That, that, that we must communicate now is more critical than ever. And also mm -hmm. nowadays, look how many people are divorced, and many kids don't know their parents, so they live with their grandmother, or they have two different mothers and two different fathers. The family are all broken apart. They are not the same way used to be. And a lot of people are looking to the Internet as a resource, right? Dr. Google, you go there and you ask a question, and you expect the Internet to answer to you many of your problems. And there are great things there. It's a great technology. We use it in the right way. But you can easily get lost. We live in, in a world of image now more than ever. People take their cell phones, and you are constantly looking. Look how many accidents happen because you're looking down your cell phone, and you're not living reality. Most of the people are lost in the image of the computer internet and cell phone and i think that's one of the root of the main problems we need to learn to let go of all that and be more on our own and ourselves take a little time each day and one advice that we always give to kids you know in the end of the day because they love images and they love, love movies look at yourself as if you were a movie star watch yourself project yourself throughout the day and see what you've done that day. Are you proud of yourself? Is that who you want to be? Do you want to be something different? You have a chance. When you stop, you observe, you look at yourself, and you ask questions towards your life. But if you never stop, if you're constantly allowing all those images to bombard your mind, how are you going to learn anything? If you never stop to read a book, to reflect, <laughs> or either people are fanatics about exercises or they don't exercise at all. One of the things we talk about a lot is just going out in nature, try to be with nature, right, with the source, take a little time to take some deep breaths and think about yourself and spend time with the family if you can. How many families now have dinners together, right? Each person comes in a different time. Of course, you know, that's the schedule many people have, but it's very important to take at least one day of the week to sit down with your family, eat a dinner, and talk to your kids. I think that's what's lacking the most. Most of the people <laughs> don't even want to talk to their kids anymore. It's they true. They need so to be out to them. It's so funny because two of the things that I read in preparation for this show was a study that they just did recently saying that millennial families, millennial parents today don't have time to play with their kids. And then the viral picture that Kelly and I were talking about in the first segment with the dad captioned just being a dad with his little girl painting his toenails and the other one sitting there with a closed book while he's playing a video game completely yeah. ignoring both of them. And I thought, is this really, you know, when we wonder what's happening to the next generation and we wonder what's happening to our relationships, we need look no further than what's in our hand in the moment. You know, where is our gaze in that moment? Where is our attention in that moment? If you're thinking about how, you know, miserable your life is or how ungrateful your kids are or how distant your spouse is, 
what are you paying attention to right now when you're having that thought? And that's probably going to give you the biggest clue. Because like you said, Mia, you know, go for a walk. Pretty, I doubt that you're going to have thoughts about your distant spouse or your, you know, disengaged kids while all of you are out in nature and none of you are tied to any kind of a device. Yeah, Those leave are your cell phones behind and be <laughs> at the moment. That's what we need to do more, and that's what we are really lacking. You know, we count how many friends I have on Facebook, and we feel so important because we got our selfies. So you kind of lost in the image of putting yourself out there. We all feel like we are the next top model because, you know, you can take your picture and put on the cell phone and everybody gives you like it or don't like it. Mm-hmm. So what a competition of image, and then we are losing the most important things. That's our essence, our soul. We are a body here, but we have something greater inside us. It doesn't matter which religion you belong to, but we all know that we are something greater than only our body. And that's why the connection, it's important. And like you just talked about the picture of this family that's broken. But, you know, the good thing is we can change that. And the Internet although has a lot of negative things, there's this great sources out there, too, that we never heard before. And I think we are all ready for that change. Yeah, you know, the interesting, uh, we mentioned selfies and the self-absorption. There's a, there's a lesson we can learn from the story of Narcissus. I'm not going to go into the details of the story, but he fell in love with his image, and he poisoned himself because he could never, he could never satisfy that yearning for his own image. And I believe that we're in that same period. But as Mia just said, we're going to be okay. I believe in the human spirit. And I understand that the period we're in now is one of experimentation. As I said before, we've never been through this as a, as a culture uh, with, with the image, the narcissistic image so prevalent. This society, American society, was set up for the individual, different than any other place on the planet. And with that, we have all these tremendous fruits that the individual can enjoy and part of that is this internet revolution which is even more individuated but what we're all yearning for is a return to the connections that are essential in a culture america if i can only speak about this place oh milt we have to go i'm so sorry no we have to go (laughs) well can i send everybody back on i love you guys show.com because that's where you're going to learn more about what we do how you can get hold of our books and uh make contact with our podcast so let me invite everybody to miltonmeashow.com absolutely thanks guys so now what where's the owner's manual for this thing where are my instructions right here it's baby and toddler instructions with blythe lipman on toginet.com Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. 
Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? (laughs) It's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome back to the show. Milton, Mia, thank you so much for a great segment. I just, sometimes I I lose track of time, Kelly, when I'm having a good time with somebody like that. I just, you know, lose my mind. It happens. I know. But they have a great show, so everybody should definitely check them out, the Get Over Yourself, the Milton, Mia show. And uh, I I think they're going to be great. Um, They're going to be a great resource for parent nation so definitely check them out so anyway our next segment so kelly you know about the charlie brown christmas tree yeah in Reading, pennsylvania that's my yeah. hometown and um you know i went on a rant about it and i said um during my rant i said that they should just put like one big red ball <laughs> on the tree don't you know that's what they did oh they so good? did it they put one big red ball on the top of the tree and it like, it's so funny. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. I honestly think that they're doing now. The whole thing has become a big publicity stunt, I believe, but like the local sports teams have gotten on board now. So they're all going to, um, they're going to have this big redecorating thing where they're all going to put an ornament on the tree. Like the kids in Charlie Brown did to make the tree beautiful. Um, so they're going to do all that stuff. But what I realized was we started getting some pictures um, on on my Facebook page. And being in New York, you know, we went into all the department stores because it was freaking cold, let's face it. <laughs> and there were some of the most atrocious trees I'd ever seen. And then people started – it was kind of like an ugly sweater contest, but people started posting their ugly Christmas trees. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is – what is this, like a fad, like the ugly Christmas tree fad? So we went out – you went out, actually, because you're my, you're my go-to girl, and, uh, and mm-hmm. found our next guest. Her name is Becky McCraney, and she and her sister Kathy are um, – owners of one of a kind it's actually it's miss casey's christmas store in midland texas and their mission is to save the world from ugly christmas trees which (laughs) i think is a very valiant mission i i think it's pretty awesome so we wanted becky to come on and tell us how we can save ourselves from the ugly christmas tree so hey becky how are you 
I'm great. How are you guys doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Wonderful. Sitting next to my beautiful Christmas tree. Great. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> you should have seen. Becky, I don't know if you've ever been to New York City. I have. It's been a while since I've been there during the holidays because we're so busy with the store. But but I was able to go several years ago to meet with a supplier there. And, of course, it was just magical. Right. Everywhere you go. I mean, normally there's like the dirty water hot dog stands. Now there's (laughs) Christmas tree vendors everywhere. Yes. And it's I love the I love the big tree. And when you were talking about the ugly Christmas trees, Kathy and I have had to be careful with our kids. From the time they were small, they would go to someone's house or a business, or we were one time in a, in a hotel walking up the stairs, and our two boys that were in junior high were like, what happened to this tree? What? They don't even have the right stuff on there. This is the <laughs> ugliest tree, and they're being real loud about it. We're like, shh. You know, you don't have to say it so loudly. Um, so I certainly understand that, and that Kathy and I are on the mission to save people from that. So how do you save people? How do you, how would you save Reading, Pennsylvania? Have you seen pictures? You've I have not, to. but I'm certainly going to go on and check those out. But We're it's on kind everything. of like um, Bath Crashers and all those crasher shows. We would like to do a show called Christmas Crashers where <laughs> friends turned their, their peoples in that you know, just we're putting up stuff that needed to have been thrown out a long time ago, and we could bust in on them and redo their Christmas, and then help them host a Christmas party or something. <laughs> I'll be That's your fun. first. I'll be your first guest because <laughs> well, you got a deal. We'll do it. It's because I am. I I have to admit it, Becky. I'm the worst, and here's why. Because if anyone has ever given me something that is a Christmas decoration and then that person has died, I have to put it out every single year, no matter what, if it doesn't match, if it's broken, if it doesn't work anymore, if it doesn't matter. So my Christmas tree is basically covered with like really old, shiny, bright Christmas balls Half of them, like, don't even have the decor on them anymore. It's, like, rubbed off and the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's, this is my life. Well, one thing that we found for most people, they were very comfortable buying and collecting ornaments or people were giving them to them. But they would come in the store and see how the trees were decorated, and they would want to make theirs look like that. And Kathy and I would do demonstrations or have classes here at the store and we would say you know you need to do ribbon and balls and floral and this is where you put it would draw it on the back of a napkin or a piece of paper and they'd go home and try to duplicate that and we were with our cousin oh it's been years ago and she said you know if somebody will just show me how to do something I can do it and it was like this light bulb went off show me decorating we can show people how to decorate their tree. And if we give them the basics and tell them the right ingredients, just like in baking a cake or a pecan pie, you can't have a pecan pie without pecans, we found that there were three key ingredients to every tree, which were ribbon, balls, a a nice size ball, and florals, whether it was a glitter pick or a flower. And when people could incorporate those on their tree 
versed in a pattern and a system that we teach them how to do, then all of those ornaments that they've collected, all the ones you're talking about, the shiny, bright, the handmade ornaments, the gift ornaments you've been given, when those were then placed on the tree, the tree had a cohesive, pulled-together decorator look, yet all their family memory ornaments were on there. And that's how we birthed the idea to have Show Me Decorating and have the app and the DVD and guidebook. So step-by-step, anyone, we have not found anyone that cannot follow those steps. I don't have any of those things on my tree. (laughs) See, that's part of the issue. (laughs) That's That's what we have typically found is that everyone will buy what they're comfortable with, which is a small size ball and a small size ornament, which those are great for the tips of the tree. But when you look into the tree, if you can have a larger size ball in there that's tucked into the tree and some florals that add a little glitter and shine and the ribbon pulls all of the colors together, then all those memory ornaments hung on the outer branches really stand out and show off like you want them to. Kelly has a question. Hi, Becky. Yes, hello. <laughs> my my question is, how long do you have to keep the ornaments that the kids make in school with the little foamy and they put their picture in there and things like that, or if your grandkids send uh, ornaments like that, how long do you have to keep putting them on the tree? Forever. What I think is a great idea with those kind of things, and especially things that are sentimental, is to take a smaller tree like a tabletop tree, find a cute container to put it in, find ribbon and balls that kind of pull all of that together, maybe a plaid ribbon that has multiple colors in it, um, a solid gold ball or a red ball, and put that on the tree first, and then pack all of those mementos on there. I mean, hang them everywhere where you just create this beautiful memory centerpiece, use it in a guest bedroom, use it on an entryway table. It'll be so fun to stop and look at those. Your kids, your grandkids will come in. They'll say, I remember when I made that. I remember when I sent that to you. Mm. And so you you can do that on a wreath. We've created memory wreaths for, for people where uh-huh. they took a collection of things. Maybe it was travel ornaments that they no longer want to put on their tree and it's Santa under the palm tree on a desert island or it's the frog (laughs) you got while you were in Costa Rica and they just don't want them on the tree anymore. We have created travel trees or wreaths that you can pack those ornaments onto. They're on there. You leave them on there. You either find a box or a storage tub to store it in and you don't keep redecorating it every year. You get it out as a decoration. Mm. That's an awesome idea. I love that too. I mean, because even this year, my daughter's like, mom, I don't want this on the tree. She's 14 now and we're, we're finding things that she made in kindergarten. Mom, I don't want this on the tree, (laughs) but I still want to keep it. So, (laughs) Well, and a a kitchen is a great place. If you've got a hutch to, to hang a lit garland and add your some ribbon and some balls and maybe another holly garland to it, and then hang those things off of it. I have a collection of um, my grandmother's kitchen uh, tools, and my granddad would do those pressed cookies, and I have his old tin set and some old cookie cutters. I will use those things in my kitchen many years, and some years I don't use them. Sometimes I hang them from my chandelier. Next year I don't use them. Pot racks are a great place to do that. I have a, a good friend that She has framed all their Christmas card pictures, 
all these years. She went back and got all of them, and she has a pot rack in their kitchen above her island, and it just has some greenery with lights and the, and the little touches of some glitter. She has all of those framed Christmas card pictures hanging from that pot rack. And every that every year that they host idea. their Christmas party, we're all in there looking at all the pictures to see how the kids have grown and changed. Mm. So another great way to think about it outside of putting it on the Christmas tree. That's such a good idea. Like, we have garland that goes up our stairs. Yeah. And uh, it never changes. And we have tubs and tubs of ornaments from, like, what you said. Everywhere we would go, we would have to get a Christmas ornament from there. So now we have all these tubs of Christmas ornaments. And then you have those really hideous ones that your grandmother made when you were three. (laughs) (laughs) Those are all that. I like the guest room tree idea. For that well, it's one. great because you can take those what you consider maybe hideous ornaments, but they do have special <laughs> memories and things, and do something with them where you can enjoy them. And somehow when they're grouped together more in mass with a purpose and with with putting having the balls tucked into the tree and a little bit of ribbon on there, and it, you've created the centerpiece, it has much more meaning to it. Um, I have another uh, friend who would take um, a styrofoam cone and cover it in a beautiful fabric and she would pin ornaments all over it whether it was old jewelry pieces all kinds of mementos about Christmas onto this cone and again it was a great way to keep a memory item that that that's really what Christmas is about I've been decorating my tree at home I have my ribbon balls and florals and I've been sharing with our um, customers and people that follow us on Instagram and Pinterest and our blog, the steps of my tree. What I'm waiting for is when my 16-year-old is home and we get out our boxes of our mementos and we start going through them and hanging them on the tree and talking about them. There are going to be those ones that she says, oh, I don't want to put this on the tree this year. But Mm -hmm. that's okay. We've talked about them. We've seen them. We've enjoyed them. We've shared the memory. And then we've decorated the tree together. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, my um, every year my husband would either make, when he was little, make or buy an ornament, a mom ornament for his mother. And, Aww. right? And she one year put up this little tree in the living room, and the only ornaments on that tree are his mom ornaments that he's See? either made or gifted her. Aww. And it's the cutest darn tree ever. And now you got me thinking about it. I mean, I do have a bar tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have, like, my little liquor bottles hanging from it, my little tiny martini <laughs> glasses and stuff. That's sort of my thing, though. But but that's such a great idea. Like, I really like my sons. Every year we would buy them their own Christmas tree for their bedrooms. So they yes. had their specific decor. Well, now my 14-year-old has outgrown the Candyland you know, Christmas tree. So now this year he wanted Doctor Who all over. So we had to go out and buy all new, you know, decorations. But now we have this entire tub of old decorations. So I like the idea of making a wreath and hanging a wreath on his bedroom door because my oldest son doesn't have room for a tree in his room anymore. So it's a great idea. And where can we find you, Becky, online? I know you said you're on Pinterest and Instagram Yes, if you go to showmedecorating.com, you can find our blogs. Uh, We have some kids' uh, trees that we've done, that there's a past blog about that where a mom had saved all of her little girl's shoes. She had her original tutu that she danced in. She had tea sets. 
and we created a tree for her room on her little table that she sat and had tea at with a little tutu wrapped around the bottom of her tree and created this Aww. wonderful tree with her little Mary Janes on there and some of her original dolls that she was no longer playing with. And then the son's room, she had his original cleats, his trophies, his baseball, some, a hat, uh, an old glove, and we just created this wonderful uh, sports-themed tree for him, which I'm sure now he's grown out of. My daughter has a very classic room now that's gray and a soft seafoam green with touches of coral and gold. Well, she didn't want her upside-down lime green, bright-colored tree that was in her room. She has a, a lit tree that stays in her room year-round, so she's hanging small gold balls and some pretty gold and turquoise uh, colored balls to go on her tree. If you think in themes or color stories, whether it's gingerbread or Santa or like the color story of her room, and get you a plan and pick your ribbon, it's amazing how quickly you can pull together a look with a plan. I love that. That's so fun. Mm. And I love that you could do like, you know, like a baby tree from their original baby shoes and their first teethers and stuff. Gosh, there's so many great ideas, Becky. Thank mm. you. I can't believe that we're out of time already. I'm kind of bummed out because I wanted to, you know, talk about getting on your show that you're going to do. I really like the. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the I will Christmas keep you rest. in mind. <laughs> so, so we'll have to send you, you'll have to take. Uh, look at some of the uh, ugly trees that we have on the website and, and offer some advice for people to dress up their their nasty Christmas trees and, and hopefully save Reading, Pennsylvania from their own tree. <laughs> I feel so bad for my... Right? Exactly. But I think I, I love your idea of ribbon, balls, and floral. I have no gigantic balls on the inside branches. All of my balls hang on the outside of my tree. So I'm going to start It'll, it'll transform them your tree to Adam. I love it. Thank you so much, Becky and Milt <laughs> and Mia. Thank you. And everybody else, until next week, keep playing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it the